Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctana, and today we'll be discussing soul-level connection and how they can be transformative, but are more often an unhelpful detour on our path. It's not uncommon for souls to desire a deep connection, soulmate, or twin flame. This is in part because we remember the ease of having soul group members as partners, and also because this type of relationship learning can be so deeply painful and frighteningly transformational. While in reality the only way out of these lessons is through, the need for relief causes people to desire to have a relationship where they no longer need to struggle or fear. Soul-level partners are supposedly guaranteed to know and understand us, to make living easy, to be in tune with all we need, and to be completely understandable on all levels. While soulmate contracts do indeed exist, they're relatively rare. As learning from relationships is a major part of why souls embody here, having a soulmate which takes away the opportunity to learn in this respect would be counterproductive. This doesn't mean there aren't relationships which connect at deep soul levels, have meaning and purpose beyond this specific embodied life, or which provide a healthy and loving personal life for the people involved. We are able to create these types of connections in a variety of ways in embodied life. One of the more wonderful aspects of a spiritual path is to discover at some point that while you're special, gifted, and unique, you're also not alone. Whether in an existing religious community, lodge, coven, circle, or even a loose gathering which is formed for a specific event, there comes a point where we unfold enough, trust enough, we allow ourselves to be seen. At the same time, there are others also at various stages of unfolding who are able to see us, engage with us, and validate who we are, not just in the moment, but as a whole person. These connections are the positive mirrors held up for us to see our radiance reflected back and even magnified. While there will of course continue to be lesson mirrors, those which seem to be directly under fluorescent lights, guaranteed to highlight all of our flaws and blemishes at exactly the most perfect and most uncomfortable moments, these radiant mirrors of positive connections help remind us lessons aren't the entirety of the path, and blemishes can turn out to be beauty marks. Sometimes the first person holding this radiant mirror is a significant other. Like Paul on the road to Damascus, our life may have seemed ordinary, if unsatisfying, depressing, or even painful, and then we meet someone. This person appears to be full of life, technicolor where we're living in a black and white movie, and vibrant with possibilities. They open doors we didn't know existed, help us feel not only fully embodied, but completely connected to a world beyond the physical, and awaken gifts inside us which seem to transform us into an entirely new being. At other times, having experienced friendships and connections along our path which hold the radiant mirror up for us, we begin to feel our aloneness more acutely or awaken a feeling that 
This smaller radiance can be the foundation for intimate partnership. Thus begins a process where we go looking for a soul-level connection which will be the basis for a long-term committed relationship. Or perhaps we're looking for a soulmate, a twin flame, or the one who we are contracted with to create a happy life. Or it may be we're looking for a person we've had many, many past lives with and so have an affinity for each other which goes beyond space and time. We call out to our equal but opposite who is on the same path, understands us completely, who is longing for us to fulfill our promise and who will be the answer to everything which has gone before in our lives. While common wisdom says finding such a connection is less likely than winning the lottery, and wise sages warn that such connections are for the few and only occur through fate or outrageous luck, the truth is they are available to anyone who is willing to tune in, unfold, and engage. Whether you're a seeker here to learn lessons and mature into the full expression of your soul, or a mature soul here to provide service to others for a time, Everyone has deep soul-level connections they can participate in. Some people seem to find them everywhere they look. It's like realizing everyone seems to have gotten pregnant at exactly the same time you did, or the entire city got the same new trendy hairstyle or phone or car just as soon as you. Once we know what to look for, we will see it everywhere. Soul-level connections with intimate partners carry within them a magic which is transformative. They show us the timeless truths of our essential nature. They can seem to pull back the veil so for a moment we can experience in linear time the universe within ourselves, as if our higher self had come into our body and begun to live with us in this life. They also show us the unflattering, uncomfortable, sometimes even searing truth, which is most of the time we are absolutely not living from our soul level. While we can, for a time, hope such a bright light will dispel all shadows both within and without, instead they act like a spotlight, bringing everything we have not yet healed or developed or become into the blinding light of day. Not just once, not in a flash like a nuclear explosion, but over and over, day after day, conversation after argument, after indignity, after dismay. This can be confusing, since if life is meant to be a path towards love and light, then being intimately connected in a relationship which is 200% love and light should be exponentially better for us and make us better people. However, the path of love and light should be seen somewhat like salt in soup. Too little, and the soup may be bland or in need of many other flavors just to make up the difference. Just the right amount, and you don't even realize there's salt in the mix, because its purpose is to support and enhance everything else, including simply the enjoyment and nourishment of eating soup. Too much, and the soup goes from unpalatable to even inedible. If the main ingredient is salt, then it actually becomes harmful and can't even be thrown out without special measures. It can be helpful to remember that the way in which ancient communities were destroyed 
was to salt the earth which made it incapable of growing crops, or even salting the well so there was no fresh water and people were left with a choice to leave or die of thirst. Soul-level connections can also be a reason why we lose our path or take detours rather than progressing on our journey. This happens when we pay attention to the radiance coming from the other person's soul, from their timeless infinite self, and ignore or refuse to acknowledge there is more to them and the life they're living. The most common example of this is what is commonly known as the guru syndrome. People focus on a teacher, expert, or authority as an answer to their personal questions or as providing what they have been seeking. This focus is narrow and task or goal-oriented, so naturally ignores anything beyond its scope. Any reports or even experiences of the guru acting contrary to their spiritual teachings or practices are often excused as momentary, the fault of others, or a reaction to a unique set of circumstances in which anyone would have done the same. Eventually, it can be seen the guru is no less and no more human than any other person, sometimes with glaringly unhealed issues which create a toxic atmosphere or eventually negatively impact the seeker. With intimate partners, focus on the soul-level aspect of the connection can keep us from honoring our partner's truth. While their soul may be resplendent, in this incarnation they might be narcissistic, codependent, dysfunctional, abusive, controlling, addictive, unable to communicate clearly, and or many other things besides. This radiant light of our soul and their soul connecting might also prevent us from recognizing we are exactly the wrong person to help them with their issues, if they're even willing to acknowledge they have any. Or, they are exactly not the person best suited to help us with ours. This is why relationships, which start at soul-level connections made from full-spectrum white light and the timelessness of universal interconnection, often end as spectacularly as they begin. They can implode, leaving an afterimage like fireworks in the night sky, or they can sizzle through the remains of what was built, much like lava consuming everything in its path as it moves to the sea to build something wild and new. This can devour us on our path, shake us to our core, make us doubt all we know and the wisdom which has guided us so far. It can lead us to a dark night of the soul, but also raise things to the ground. So the way is swept clear for us to leap forward into the next phase of our becoming. The desire for soul-level connection can be a form of self-sabotage in disguise. No matter what type of intimate relationship a person has, some of the greatest pleasures and deepest lessons which come from this relating will be in the work it requires. This work rarely comes in the form of a lightning bolt from on high, causing transformation, or a complete sacrifice of self in order to support the other, but instead is the kind described in Yoga Sutra 1.14. Practice that is done for a long time, without break, and with sincere devotion, becomes a firmly rooted, stable, and solid foundation. Like yoga, tai chi, or qigong, 
Relationships aren't about being perfect or even perfect in the moment, but instead about showing up, being available as best you can in the moment, seeing things through, being responsible for yourself and your own needs, and stepping back when this is the most spiritual solution in the situation. Deep soul-level connection, like trust, is built in the quiet moments, the little gestures, the smallest of choices to see and be with them in the face of numerous other options. This requires each partner have moments where they're vulnerable, raw, scared, unsure, confused, and needing to ask for and receive help. Seeking a soul-level connection can sometimes be used as a means to bypass uncomfortable facets of relationship. The idea behind this is if the radiant mirror can show us who we truly are, then a relationship based on this level of soul connection will have no need to put us through such uncomfortable things. Our perfect partner will see past our failings, Fill in the wounds we haven't yet healed. Defeat all the challenges we've built to weed out the pretenders. Understand we are not the mask and costume we wear to get through our day. And be only appreciative and approving of our needs and desires. In fact, they'll share our path in its entirety and walk it with us every step of the way. Having exactly the same goals we have and understanding them in the exact same way. Thus is the sabotage set by completely ignoring the truth that each of us is unique and so no two paths are exactly the same. It negates the reality our partner will have needs, desires, masks, wounds, and failings of their own. In fact, if they're drawn to us, if the connection clicks into place, then they will more than likely be setting themselves up for a fall just as thoroughly as we are. Like with the guru syndrome, over time, the focus of the spotlight widens. Behaviors which are not soul-driven cease to be ignorable. Issues arise. Boundaries get violated. And what seemed heavenly becomes a muck to be trudged through. This doesn't mean we shouldn't seek deep connection with another, or relationships can't be a potent part of our soul's becoming in this life. Partners can walk with us for a moment or a lifetime, and we have as much to say about whether or not this happens as luck or contracts or past lives. The place to start is, like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, in your own backyard. Allow, challenge, and invite yourself to be vulnerable, raw, scared, unsure, confused, and needing to ask for and receive help. Be brutally honest with yourself, not only in the truth of who you are in this moment, but in what needs to be done to take one step forward from this spot on your path. Then do what you would want any partner to do for and with you. Support yourself in actually taking the step. One step at a time, one day at a time, coming to the mat, and showing up for yourself will walk you inexorably to the relationship you're looking for, one you don't need, but instead deserve to have. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, 
we'll be diving into the deep areas where old stuck issues reside and the various ways we can reveal and heal them. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to show it some love on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.